It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 755. Back off a long weekend for the Gronk Squad. We've got Russell Towers on the show. Welcome, buddy. Hey, it's good. Thanks for having me. Mate, you're coming in live from um, Perth. Uh, I am. We need, I mean, you straight off the bat, you're, you're our coffee expert for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you work for Eco Barista. You um, started the Paper Cup Project, uh, and you're on the ground in Perth. And I need to understand the legitimacy of Sev's girlfriend lives in Perth. What's her yep. order? What's her coffee order? Uh, Long Mac topped up. Long uh, Mac topped. You no, you, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in Melbourne. Long Mac topped is what you used it to say. Yes, yeah, but then it I got corrected in Melbourne. Topped up. Yeah, yeah. And so, what is that for the Melbourne for, for the Melbourne audience? What what actually is that? That's a latte with an extra shot or a strong latte. That's okay. that's identical. Um, <laughs> it only exists in WA. It's very, but yeah, that's my order as well. Um, uh, it's very funny how you go to Melbourne and Sydney. You say Long Mac topped up, and you might just get like a traditional macchiato. And WA people are like, "What is this?" And they'll be like, "Well, that's what you asked for." But really, yeah, it's a latte with an extra shot or a strong latte. Oh, I'm so glad we cleared it up because you would have got it the wrong order. Because if you oh, asked us, yeah, we'd yeah. be like, "No, it's a long, it's a long Mac just with more milk," mm. and uh-huh. then you would have butchered it and lost the relationship. <laughs> so, yeah. thank you. What are some other sort of things that only happen in Perth? What's what are the? That, that's pretty much it. We're, that's iconic, I reckon. Long Mac topped up is the iconic WA order, um, uh-huh. and it just doesn't exist anywhere else in Australia, which is bizarre to think that Australia has a divide in orders. We're usually pretty universal in this sense, mm-hmm. um, but the Long Mac topped up and the, and the Strong Latte or a, um, a Latte with Extra Shot are all very, very similar. I mean, same thing, really. in Melbourne, I feel like uh, mm. we talk about being sort of the the coffee city of you know of the entire world actually went to um krakow in poland they do extremely good coffee and i feel like wow. and they would say that when people from melbourne mm. uh go to their cafes if they like their coffee it's a big deal mm. but i don't know whether this is a bit of bullshit is what's your perception of melbourne and coffee being in perth and being in the industry I think Australia as a whole, I think we are pretty blessed in the sense that we are probably one of the leading countries in the coffee industry for sure. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised about that crack out story at all. Mm. And Melbourne in particular, by far, um, the biggest the, the biggest coffee capital in Australia for sure, um, which is great. I think it's, it's awesome because like, I don't know, I don't know if there's many things like that in Australia that we've got in, in that sense, but we've got it down to a fine art. I mean, even America. It's very different there. Mm. I mean, it's growing now. The Australians have definitely had their influence there and there's some you know, really cool cafes that exist there that have um, um, Australian managed and they're teaching them about flat whites or they've got Australian residents that go to American cafes knowing that they can get those sort of like smashed abo and mm. flat white combo as they have it at home. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think it's great. It, it's, it's, we're like educating the world and um, I love it. Do you know the Melbourne order like that's specific to Melbourne? When I go, I've got a few mates in Melbourne and they, we always usually sit around a table and, and then we all just say like six strong lattes. And I don't know, is that, is that well, the that, order? That's or? very, yeah, I think it's become more so. Magic was one uh, that's Magic. quite specific to Melbourne. Magic, it's a, it's basically a strong three-quarter latte, but it's Three the ristretto. So it's not oh. just a full sh- full double shot. It's the ristretto part of it, which I mean, yeah, getting so into it. Shot early. Nah, because because then it's it's more about they they try to make it about the richness of the flavour. I just like the the strong, just like feel like I'm really getting a hit with a double mm. strength la- uh, latte, three quarters. But we're talking about um specific things to Perth selfies mm. with quackers. That's very Perth. That's mm. uh, I guess. Uh, sorry, WA, WA. Very WA. Over the weekend, sorry, Russ. I just haven't seen the boys since the weekend um i saw a platypus like victoria within 15 minutes from our office in melbourne on the fringe of the city i saw a platypus i mean how good's that i've never seen one before mate um the yarra river just near my joint platypus walking across a bridge can't be doing too well if it's in the yarra (laughs) (laughs) no no it was it was hunting it was beautiful Uh and i just saw this little thing bobbing up and down i walked past this this old man he's like it was like one of those when you when you see something so cool and you really want someone to ask you and I think he just we said hello and he took that as a moment to engage and say yeah have you seen the platypus over there <laughs> and, so, and then we stopped and looked and saw this this platypus it was I, I felt very Australian like that is a native animal mm. 
that is so close to the city. So that was the highlight of my weekend. If we're doing highlights, Russ, what was the the highlight of your weekend? Well, nothing that compares to that. (laughs) (laughs) A platypus. That's incredible. And I feel quite un-Australian listening to that. But I haven't. I think I've seen it. Is it on a 20 cent coin? What coin is it on? Is it on a coin? It's on on something. It's uh, It's one of them. What we went down the rabbit hole this morning while having coffee with uh, Georgie Boy um, was: Has anyone? Because I told my mate, and he said, "Ah, oh, they they've got they've got barbs on them or stingers." And then we looked down the rabbit hole of: Has anyone been killed by a platypus? And what's the answer? <laughs> no, okay. no one's ever been killed by a platypus, which is it's good. It's a good good result. I'm glad right. you got the platypus <laughs> banter out. Had to. Um, so uh, the paper cut project. Uh, can you can you explain uh, what that was? Sure. So that was something um, I started with two other mates um, in 2016, and it was about, I guess, using the paper cup as a advertising tool or a way of spreading awareness or raising awareness. I just felt that besides having your phone in your hand, um, I think every day someone would have a takeaway cup in their hand, and this was well before the war on waste. So paper cups were just perceived as normal there wasn't much hate around them and we used to think like okay what about if we went to these big companies or, or businesses and say we can get your brand on these cups and we can get them in the hands of millennials um in a really engaging way um and it wasn't like we were like the first to think of cup advertising that had been done to death if anything um we thought the uniqueness we could do would be to work with um, local artists in a way that the cup didn't really feel like advertising. It was sort of something that people would um, be drawn to. They'd look at it and they'd be um, they'd want to inv- investigate further. Um, and then from there, I I like I love the idea of like um, urban list and broadsheet, where each day there'd be a new post about a local business or a local event or an art exhibition or you know, raising awareness for a non-for-profit, anything that's sort of happening or the pulse of the city, I thought, why not we, like, you know, every month we could have a new cup, a new artist, a new few businesses on the side to learn about um, and create like this sort of support local community. That was sort of the goal. And what's the biggest challenge in doing something like that? Um, well, I knew nothing about cups to start off with. Uh, I, I had a graphic design background and I just assumed, you know, how hard could it be with paper cups as long as they don't leak or, you know, hurt you while you're holding it, how hard can it be? But really it wasn't, it wasn't that simple um, because we're in a country where coffee is literally an art form. Everything is measured out to the milliliter, um, you know, how hot it is uh, in the hand. All of that is really mm. thought out by roasters and cafes which sounds crazy but that's why things are the way they are and how good they are because you know we've got really um, a lot of experimentation behind it Um, so yeah I had to sort of find a supplier that was going to have got that sort of reputation already so that all we needed to do was sort of focus on the artwork the businesses and and essentially the marketing of it and at what point you mentioned war on waste and there's a classic scene in in that doco where they filled a tram. I know the behind the scenes that wasn't filled. They just like put um, on the windows, <laughs> like they put cups, so it looked like the whole entire tram was full of paper cups. And that sort of was bringing light to the fact of how many are used per year. I mean, Seven Eleven sells seventy million mm. cups of coffee per year. So uh, that's just one business. Imagine Coles and all the unique businesses around Australia. At what point did your you know, focus come from, I need a cup supplier to, I need this to be sustainable? And that sort of whole messaging around sustainability when it comes to coffee cups. That's a really good point. To be honest, I think... I don't know, I think maybe because my age and stage or or just the demographic around it, I I think it was just a no-brainer decision for us to always work with the most sustainable option at the time. So we went to EcoBarista from day one. That was just because we did a bit of research. We thought, you know, if we're going to be talking about businesses and brands, we should do it in the most sustainable way. And that was before the war on waste. Um, In saying that, I probably wouldn't have called it the Paper Cup Project. Um, it was a really easy name to come up with but um it also it, it sort of created a negative stigma after the like there was a negative stigma behind paper cups after the documentary especially with that tram scene that you're talking about it was it was in burned in people's minds that mm. that image um so i guess if looking at all the cups that we we produced during the paper cup project sort of time none of them said like this cup is 
you know, compostable. It's not lined with plastic. Um, you know, it, it's a better single-use option than the tradition, the ones that you're seeing, like you said, the 7-Eleven ones that were lined with um, polyethylene, so like a plastic. Um, so that was a huge thing that we sort of, I had to sort of stop and just realize, okay, decide where am I going to go from here? If, mm. if I just get a coffee that says that it's compostable and mm. I just put it in the normal bin... Am I doing? Am I doing the doing it right, or am I doing it wrong? It's not like right or wrong. I think everyone's trying to do their best, um, and 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 you know, by choosing cafes with compostable is is the best way forward. But unfortunately, um, compostable cups need to be put into compost, so it needs to go into an organic waste bin, and that's sort of our. That's why I want to say from the bat like right off the get-go that reusable cups are definitely the best option um but our goal um and our vision is to try and create organic waste bins um more uh sort of easily accessible for just um people like you and me but also at cafes and at roasters and then from that point onwards we can create a completely closed loop um uh, end of life for these cups so yeah general waste recycling probably still going to take some time um and i guess the big thing is knowing the difference between biodegrade and compost and compostable sorry so biodegradable i guess you don't really have a concrete time as to how long it's going to take and also it just means that it's going to break down into smaller pieces pieces of plastic whereas um compostable if you put it in compost it'll turn into like nutrient rich soil um straight away it'll begin that process um so that sort of knowing the difference is, is a huge thing um, so if we get a lay of the land of the, the cup scene because i know jj's been called out on instagram mm. for holding a mm. cup uh, well do you remember like in the early days of instagram you could take a photo of like if you were out and about and having a coffee mm. And you're using just a it didn't matter what cup you could take a photo oh, a photo in the that. background you know but you can't like nowadays i feel like the expectation is that if you do that you're showing that you're a bit um behind the times mm, i mean yeah and then there's also the uh the the lids and then not knowing okay is a lid good is the cup bad which bit do i put in which thing mm. um it's complicated what so the i mean the no goes the polystyrene cup that's mm. an old school i don't even know where they are anymore uh, but what are the lay of the land of the cups in terms of the different types and and what what how you can even identify if one's la- lined with plastic and sure I think because of the price point of comp- so the best we feel the best option is compostable um, I would say the lay of the land is there's li- ones lined in plastic so PE and they are um, they're not great um, there's nothing really good about them um, besides the fact that they're cheap for cafe owners then there's um, uh, this recyclable cup that's sort of being marketed quite a lot. You'll see it at the Australian Open um, or, or Westfield Centre is like the Simply Cup um, sort of uh, recyclable mm. cup. That's a really interesting one as well. But again, you have to drop it off at a, at a correct um, uh, collection point. It can't just be universally put in a recycling bin. Um, you need to find Simply Cup drop-offs. So again, you need to find uh, some sort of location for that. So we sort of love compostable in the sense that it's a universal process. Like you can compost it here, you can compost it anywhere. You don't need a specific company to do it. It's just the idea of, um, of composting. That's why we like that option. Um, and knowing if it's compostable or not, usually because of the price point, if a company is producing compostable cups, they're going to be screaming about it. So it'll be written on the cup. It'll say compostable. Look for compostable, not biodegradable, because they are very different things. You can write biodegradable on the ones lined with plastic, um, which is why that there's, there's that's why there's so much confusion, because people are getting thrown these terms without knowing um, what they mean. So I like to say look for the word compostable or um, the chemical PLA or polylactic acid, um, which is sort of like a cornstarch bioplastic. So it's a plastic alternative. Those are the things to look for. Usually they'll write it underneath the cup, um, if, if not on it. So there's like small writing under here. They will usually say it there for sure. Um, if they don't, if they, there's no information, you can just assume that it's, it's not great. I uh, went to uh, Munich a year and a half ago and there he's well traveled you can yeah, tell well i feel like when you go to <laughs> i'm the animal guy on the show josh is the travel <laughs> guy that no, munich's crazy when it comes to how progressive they are with all plastics and stuff i got a uh, a takeaway item and then decided to have in and they said sorry you actually can't do it like legally you're not al- mm. allowed to do it and they told me in a very german way um, which was fine. I ended up uh, leaving, and I thought it was a, it was a good thing. But um, 
Uh, I just wanted to say that I've been to Munich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, what's your point? No, like, um, no, so the uh, city-wise, like, uh, is there any cities in Australia that are actually doing these things well? And does it matter if it's biodegradable or compost mm. if people aren't doing the compost bit? Because I would, I would have to guess that ninety percent of all cups that are bought that are compostable cups. This is just a random number that I'm, I'm creating right now. Uh, right. 90% of cups aren't even being composted at, yep. once they're being used. And so, do you, like, wh- how do you control every part of the process to make sure that people are doing that last bit? Yeah, that, that's, that's a really good point. And, and you know, transparently, I, I'm the, I just believe in transparency. And I, mm-hmm. when I meet with roasters and cafes, I always say that from the beginning. I'm like, it's great that you're using compostable cups, but... It means nothing unless they're actually being composted, um, which is done. There's no point. There's no difference. You might as well just use the poly, um, polyethylene or the plastic line ones. Um, in saying that, uh, I can only really talk about WA, but we're blessed to have um, a company called Right Solutions here, which is a private company, um, and they offer a really good compost service um, and an affordable compo- compost service. And what's even uh, uh, great about them is that they drop off um, the nutrient-rich soil after they've finished the compost process. So you can put it on your herb garden or you can mm. give it to customers. And then you start creating that connection and, and that understanding that, you know, we can create that sort of loop. Um, but our goal for this year is each state is to pretty much find that sort of right solutions in each state that we can rely upon, um, pass it on to those cafes and, and make sure that they've got a bin that sort of says this is compostable. You have to bring back your cup to the cafe, which is another deterring um, problem. But uh, I'm trying to sort of create, you know how you get like loyalty stamps for when you get a cup mm-hmm. of coffee? It would be great in the same way that people are bringing you reusable cups if they just bring back their uh, used paper cup, drop it off and get the stamp at that point um, and then sort of create the loyalty when they bring back the used cup rather than when they've bought the coffee at the beginning. And then that sort of creates A, loyalty and B, um, um, you're getting more cups into, into a mm-hmm. compost um, stream. But we see, yeah, reusable you- cups obviously best. If you think about the money that the government is pulling out based on what's happening at the moment, understanding that the coffee industry is huge, is do you have a number around what the coffee industry in Australia generates per year? I, I don't. I don't. I know it's large, but just in saying that with the government side of things, I always ask myself, wouldn't it just like so much of this problem be solved if we had another bin that was just called organic waste? Like yeah. Organic waste, rather. Because... It begs the question, like, there's even just your cardboard packaging can be composted, um, you know, your food scraps, all, all of that is really great and you can turn the soil into really, like, nutrient-rich soil. So it begs the question, like, why do we have, um, like, a recycling bin and, and, and the landfill levy that we're paying? Like, I just think there's a... If, if ABC ever want to do another documentary, mm-hmm. I'd love for that to be explored um, because I've seen... I've, I've physically seen the cups being composted i've seen the soil come out of it and i know it works so i just can't understand why like for us at home when we're disposing on bin night like our recycling bin's full and i'm like i don't know if any of this is actually going to be recycled and and Um, so then unfortunately yeah and so with the compost stuff like if i had a compost bin at home how many cups could, could i be putting four cups a day like i could just imagine my compost bin turning into a like a cup fest, like a lot of cups <laughs> to worm Look, ratio. You just, you, to, to achieve, com- I don't know too much about the science, yeah. unfortunately, and I'm yeah. trying to learn about it um, more and more each day, but you need to have a balance of, of compounds. Mm-hmm. So so I need to eat cups. some oranges too. Yeah, you so get to finally eat fruit. Yeah. <laughs> a few bananas. Exactly. Yeah. Fruit's not your but, problem. Um, you, can, you, can cut the, you can cut the cups up and they, they yeah. really condense quite quickly if you cut them up, but they do need other things. They need like vegetable scraps and, and other sort of yeah. um, discards well, to what you achieve that compost. What you're talking about is still living at home with your parents, and your old man still <laughs> yeah, does the I mean, compost. Like my dad has a compost oh, bin. My, my dad, yeah. We've, I mean, we've got two worm bins as well. And so spearhead, like, yeah. But it's like, like they're just starting now. Like my council, they've now got a compost bin, and so you, you get like a little, great, you know, I guess compost bag, and mm. you just throw all your scraps, scraps in, in there, and it's just gone off to a facility. But yeah, you can throw stuff in there as well, like mm. meat and everything. That's great. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, That's and great. then there's it's. It's such a hard one because then at a um, you live in an apartment block, Josh, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother battle. 
where there's we communal areas. We can't even live. But then there's the communal areas where stuff's getting like mm. the the neglect that comes with it. I guess there's it's there's so much of a focus on it now. How much of your day is consumed by thinking about this kind of stuff, Russ? Um, a lot of it now. Um, at the beginning, we were always thinking about like what new products can we do, and then I just felt that the best thing right now it would be for us to just completely dedicate our focus on providing um, collection points for our cafes and roasters. Um, because from there, if we're doing that really well, uh, I think people will just want to work with us because that's the first question everyone asks is, where's it going to go? So I'm just thinking, you know, rather than doing new colors and new artworks on the cups and all, all that, I'm just thinking, let's focus on creating an end of life. And I think that people will much prefer having that. And from there, once we've got that, you know, working really well, we can start, you know, making them look prettier and, and more on brand for cafes and roasters. It- I feel like so much of this is habit change and trying mm-hmm. to get consumers to change habits. Have you looked into or explored what it takes to get consumers to actually change their habits around this? Well, I thought the Keep Cup um, era was really interesting. I thought it was amazing in the sense of how quickly it took um, after that documentary. I feel like everyone sort of bought one pretty much that night. Um, so it's possible consumer behavior changing it is possible whether or not the retention of that is, i don't know because i know that a lot of people maybe bought keep cups and then was like Shit, i forgot them mm. um or i forgot to bring it or i left it in my car or, or it's, it's on my office you know i can't have a coffee today because i've left it in my car but you know it's good that, that people thought okay yeah i need to change i need to do something and there's people out here that will religiously still use them which is great so it can be done mm. um but at the end of the day, you really do need to make things simple. Um, mm-hmm. The harder you make it, it just won't take. And that's just the way it is. It's extremely hard to change consumer behavior. So you need to try and just put it in front of them that it's pretty much um, what they're doing is autonomous. It's just they don't even think what they're doing and they just they put it in there and it's done. Um, so you've got to, you've got to spoon food it, really. Well, um, how's it all been during COVID? Because I know there's been a whole bunch of rules implemented in cafes in Melbourne. What's the lay of the land in Western Australia? Yeah, really interesting. What what came of that was, I guess people didn't really think of keep cups as a way that they could, you know, carry germs and, and, and cafe owners and baristas were a little bit worried about, you know, touching things that people would put their mouths on. Um, and I understand that and that's a leg- legitimate concern. Um, but what was really great is that a lot of cafes who were like going, okay, we're going to do takeaway only, they thought, instead of using polyethylene cups now let's move up it's worth it for us to pay more and try and get you know an organics waste bin in our cafe and use um compostable cups so that was good they sort of forced they were forced to sort of move to a really premium single use option so that's been good i do think keep cups will slowly come back which is also really good um but i just think no one really knows what's going on with COVID at the moment so Hmm. we sort of everyone's just forcing to adapt which has also been really interesting for the for the coffee industry is how they've adapted to COVID. When you say premium, how much more are cafes paying to have, say, a high quality, um, you know, positive impact cop- uh, mm. coffee cup like Eco Barista versus using some sort of really, um, you know, d- dangerous, dangerous yeah. one? What, what's the, what's the difference in cost? Sure. So cafes sort of traditionally order um, cups and lids in cartons of a thousand. Um, and uh, let's just talk about a single unit here. I would say in WA, the most common size is 12 ounce. Also, that's another conversation point. Why are we are talking ounces in Australia? Mm-hmm. But everyone... All what is that in mil? Just, um, what is it? It's like 330, I think. Three Servs can work that oh, out. Throw oh, me off. I'm talking ounces. Yeah. yeah. I don't even bother with Siri um, anymore. I'm just so <laughs> disappointed all the time. <laughs> You're going to have to unlock your phone for that. Okay. <laughs> Why even say anything back? You know, It's annoying. And so anyway, so you get the, what ounce did you say? So that Yeah, so 12 ounce in WA is probably the most common. I think in Melbourne, it might actually be the eight ounce, which is more common, mm-hmm. uh, which is less. Um, so WA love their milk. Um, 12 ounce, a cup would be like six cents for a, a plastic line one. And then for a compostable one or PLA line one would be about 10 cents. So it's a jump up. And then you've got the lids. So you've got like compostable lids, which mm-hmm. are like this translucent color. I don't know if this is great. Yeah. I'm using yeah. it. But it's like a translucent. It's not actually plastic. It's made with that um, PLA material I was telling you about. Instead of being four cents, that's like six and a half cents. So it jumps up 
every time we're not using plastic because obviously the good thing about I'm not saying that plastic's great i'm just saying the reason plastic is used everywhere is because it can do whatever and it can mm -hmm. do it really cheaply whereas pla it's harder to produce and there's less of it around the world so the price goes up mm, i mean uh, since going we went to the states last year right. i'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry mate we went to california los angeles it's the daily talk show wankers <laughs> That was the worst voice. Um, it was actually accent agnostic, so... <laughs> no, it was actually a real dig at game show, people. Yeah. You can't do that anymore, yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, you'll be called out for it. No, the, uh, Whole Foods, last time I was there, had plastic straws, and then they've gone from plastic to paper straws, and that is a huge move in a business of that scale. Like, how much pressure is on businesses in Australia that are the the big... The big ones like Seven Eleven and Coles Express and uh, all these people doing, f you know, um, fast coffee. It's almost like mm. how much pressure is there? Huge pressure. It's 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 amazing to think the consumer power we've got. It's it's you have you're forced to change. You really don't have much of a say. Um, the unfortunate thing is, you know, you know, paper straws. I don't know about you guys. I hate them. I hate mm -hmm. the soggy feeling in my mouth. Um, but you know, Spot it's great on. that there's new things out there for like if you're drinking cold. And metal hurts hurts my teeth too. Oh. Right. And then because there's something limp and something rock hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no in between. <laughs> there's no in between. And so, what is the answer? Do you, do you guys do a straw solution? We don't really deal with the, the, um, with straws. We just think that there's really nothing salvageable about them. Um, but what I have seen from a different supplier, um, giving them some credit here, but um, it's those uh, the cold brew. So you got your pretty much mm -hmm. your your clear cups, but in, it's a sippy cup essentially. It's like an adult oh, sippy yeah. cup. Yeah, sippy so cup. it's got a spout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all just looking like adult babies walking around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It takes away the need for straws. So I think that's great. Oh, great. Think now we all wear, can all wear diapers and we're done. <laughs> it is, it is real baby. Like yeah. I actually know someone who has a bunch of cafes and they're, they adamant we will not ever serve sippy cups. Oh, really? Sippy cup lids based on it yeah. just being a sort of low status cafe. As in the, uh, cool. the sippy cup as in? Sippy cup as in for your coffee cup. They've okay. just got the lip on it. Oh, it's lip. very yeah. Having you get the vibes. Having a big lip on a on a cup to me seems a bit bogan. Like I've, you're, I remember you're definitely getting a little biscuit on top. Yeah, but also the <laughs> texture, like the um, like I when I went to uh, Queensland. <laughs> no, when I went to Queensland. They, well, they had, trouble. <laughs> they had um, the, the, they they had like you know the feeling of like um. Like they textured it as oh, well. Yeah, like yeah, it had yeah, like yeah. a, a oh, crimply sort of ripple. Yeah, rib, ripple. Yeah. It ribbed, <laughs> and it's and I sort of feel like <laughs> that's almost for your pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but yeah. it feels like it's um, surely that can't be good for the environment because I feel like one of the big signs of whether something's good or bad is like if they can afford to do all the bells and whistles and have like yeah. the extra piece and things like that. Probably yeah. not great. Mm. Any other yeah. really sort of. Telltale signs. Yeah, telltale signs of a dirty cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I double wall. If you've ever double, do you know yeah. double wall? Uh, That's yeah. when it's sort of like it's got like a, a like a ridge, and then it, it's like the cup, and then it's like a ridge, and then it's another whole layer. It's, it's for yeah. people that don't want to hurt their hands. <laughs> First question is how hot are you making the coffee? Also, but it's also yeah, it's dangerous. Layer. Like I know uh, my my mum at her place, they have the like the double glazing glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. So you, yeah, yeah, I love those. It's love so it those. seems yeah, like it's yeah. floating. Annoying though, because you don't know anything about the temperature like, <laughs> of no, the you coffee. Do. So you, yeah, yeah, true. So the, yeah, straight out of the espresso, you can really burn yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I, coffee I, sleeves too. They're not, they're not big. They're not big in Australia. Mm -hmm. They sit, mm. they're everywhere in the states for long blacks. Yeah, yeah, for long blacks. Because if you're mm -hmm. using hot water, then I think cafes should use they either put two cups within themselves or they use a sleeve oh, yeah. I prefer sleeves um, but yeah you don't see them much it's very interesting what about with um, with cold brews I've I've had one given to me where it's using a traditional cup not one that would be plastic with a straw and mm. by the end of my walk the cup has gone soggy <laughs> and is is that a, a common problem is there any work like are uh, eco barista cups designed for holding ice? Um, so paper cups are designed for like holding hot. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand the science behind it, but when yeah. when the cold or the or I think that it must be something. I guess as it gets cold, it sort of penetrates the wall quite differently. I'm not mm-hmm. sure, um, but yeah, it's just not great. It always gets soggy. So, so that's a known problem. Brew, okay. Yeah, that's a known okay. thing. That's a known thing. I, I would always ask the cafe to rather give it to me in, in, mm-hmm. in like a clear. There, there, there is clear cups out there that we don't produce them because we try mm-hmm. and stick to just like um, the traditional sort of products. But um, there is clear cups out there that are made with that sort of. Um, compostable material mm-hmm. um, and that, that would be the, the best option for that I mean when I was in Italy <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was about all about standing at the bar drinking your little mm-hmm. espresso, espresso and yeah. they didn't really there was no promotion of takeaway coffee mm-hmm. I mean are you, are you travel like, have you traveled before if you left <laughs> WA tell us about your travels yeah we did a um a little oh, it's, it's frowned upon now but we did a cruise um and <laughs> cruise is the fine yeah you're right, right how old are you 60 <laughs> i was with my grandparents actually so <laughs> it was a very interesting trip um a lot of bingo and a yeah. lot of just like reading hour yeah um, do, you get, do you get motion sick <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Honestly, these cruises, if you're feeling anything, like that's just not on. Like, they're, they're Happiness, so no. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, you just get yeah. drunk the entire uh-huh. time. So yeah. you may be feeling motion sickness, but it's not because of the boat. Um, and yeah, we, we did a bit of Italy and it was, it was oh, I was just loving the idea of going to a, of, oh, these like cafes and just doing one euro for an espresso. I yes. It. Mm-hmm. It's also a very different coffee um, to Australia. It's, it's darker, very dark roast, mm-hmm. um, more, more bitter, um, whereas you know in australia we, we've got some light well not we only do light roasts but we also do light roasts here so it was very different but i love it i love experiencing um all the different cultures coffee it's just so good and um uh on pricing of coffee do you get a sense mm. of what can you do the breakdown of what coffee actually costs cafes we try to look for yeah. profit margin yeah i'm just trying to <laughs> understand so if it's like 11, 11 cents for a cup uh six cents for a um, you know, for the lid, and let's call it, you know, mm. I was going to round it up to 20 cents, but that's probably a bad business. Um, <laughs> can, yeah, do you have a sense of what a cup of coffee costs? I don't have the exact number, but I will uh-huh. say this, which will give you a pretty clear indication of why things are changing. And I think it's great for people to know this, is that coffee used to be a thing that people were like, oh, huge margin on coffee, you mm-hmm. know, sell coffee because it's so cheap to make. And that was the case because you were buying, you know, quickly... Um, roasted coffee from non-local roasters um just buying it in bulk you're using just normal cow milk you were using any old cup uh, any old lid all of that sort of stuff and and probably maybe not a barista that wasn't highly trained and that was enough that was really cheap to make a barista on barista prices (laughs) that's what they're charging alley rates yeah like honestly i reckon they like I'm sure they're on 23 an hour and plus. I don't mm. know. So you've, once you start factoring LD that, prices. the wages, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. And then compostable cups, compostable lids. Um, so you're already at like, let's just call it 15 cents for, for the just the cup and lid um, sustainably. Then you've got um, people saying, I really want minor figures oat milk or um, oatly oat milk, or which isn't cheap, or Milk mm-hmm. Lab almond milk. You've got people that I won't mm-hmm. drink any other almond milk besides Milk Lab. Great. Mm-hmm. That's great for Milk Lab, but it's very expensive. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, you know, oh, it's, you should really use a local roaster. You know, you should be supporting local. Like, okay, cool. Um, so they're, you know, paying rent for a small warehouse to, to roast. So their prices might be quite high as well. So you, all of these things are adding up. And then again, like I said, the wages of a barista, you have to ask yourself how many coffees they need to sell an hour to sort of just cover costs. So it's not really like that. And then in traditionally in businesses, if, if your costs go up, that's fine. You just keep the same margin. But unfortunately, um, cafes don't have the luxury of saying, okay, we'll just charge $5.50 for coffee. You won't have anyone come through the door because mm-hmm. down the road will be $4.50 and then you've lost out. Um, so they can't move that up with their costs. So their costs will go up and their prices will stay steady. So your margin will just get less and less. So it's not what it used to be, essentially. Um, so that's why food is something that cafes will always sort of offer um, on top of coffee um, so that they can make some margin there as well. You mentioned uh, Milk Lab. Uh, Milk Lab are in McDonald's, like McCafe now. Uh, wow. how, how much of... Uh, what you do are you thinking about say the bigger players like if you could get like a McCafe or say like the um, 7-Eleven or things like that is that on your radar it is I've always thought about it because I just you know it sounds great to be working with such a big company even I always thought about like do you have Dome in Melbourne no Uh, what's Dome Okay, it's like oh, I don't want to rip. No, this but is like, great. It's like a it's like an old 
franchise in WA. I thought I don't know if it was like just a WA, coffee but club. It's like, yeah, but like older generation, more of an Muffin old age break. meets coffee club. Yeah, yeah. older. Okay, yeah, older. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're renowned. They're renowned for crap coffee, but like old yeah. people love it. Uh-huh. Um, I feel so bad for offending <laughs> anyone, but I haven't had good experiences there. I'll just say that. Um, and yeah, I've always thought you know it'd be awesome if we, they gave us just the like just the opportunity to just work with them and and sort of rebrand them, and because they could be doing so they could be doing so much better. Um, but I thought it'd be. I think for franchises specifically, I think because they're ordering such a large volume um, across the branches, they can probably just speak to the suppliers themselves. Um, they won't know too much about the industry, but it's enough for them to get by. Um, but yeah, I would love the opportunity to work with a, with a big company. Um, mm. I think it's really important that these big companies adapt and they work. And, and, and if, if there's people like you know you and me that are essentially their you know the purchase power. It's up to them to sort of stay in touch with us and provide products like, like you said, like McDonald's using Milk Lab. Mm. Awesome, you know, mm-hmm. my partner, she will walk past a cafe and before I've even been allowed to like make an order, she'll be like scouting for the Milk Lab. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend like, Bree okay, does it as well, and uh, she was spewing the other day where a cafe was had Milk Lab containers out Ooh. in the front, but that was only for sale. They were using some other shit. Yeah, but that's pretty dodgy. Wow. Do you think that, I mean, it's you so, can the milk. it's interesting. <laughs> do you think there's, it really says something about, like, do you think it, you can categorize a human based on their milk preference or their coffee order? Because it, it does get like funny, it. like you and Bree and mm-hmm. I could imagine, you know, there's a, it's a type that really get obsessed about it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's yeah, better yeah. milk, superior, but I def- definitely don't have that buy-in like that. I'm like, whatever, give me some cow's milk. It's, but then I'm probably a certain type yeah. that has no standards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, is WA well the same? Though. Like, is it, is WA the same in this way? I went to like last time I'm going to mention a place, but Auckland <laughs> went to <laughs> went to Auckland and I asked them if they had Milk Lab, and um, this was going back for like three years ago, and um, it, uh, we created a scene very quickly <laughs> that I didn't didn't need. But is it, like, is there any like, are there coffee snobs? In WA, yeah, big time. I think they're everywhere in Australia, uh-huh. um, which is good. It's uh, my favourite is when people say to me, "Russ, you've got to try out this new cafe. It's amazing." And then I'm like, "Okay." And then like I go there, and it's like it's all right. And then I know I find out later on that they drink um, a weak almond latte. <laughs> <laughs> like, so don't get me wrong, I'm nothing wrong with that order, but don't <laughs> recommend cafes because how well they steam milk, which yeah. I'm all for. I'm just, <laughs> 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 it's just like yeah you really you really yeah. haven't helped me there at all um but yeah it, it is definitely uh, maybe i'm a bit of a snob mm. mate, just saying that i'm having a realization that maybe i am but um <laughs> you gotta be it, it, it's good it keeps it, it this covid thing actually created a hell of a detox in the community in the sense that people who knew coffee um did well because they had to adapt and they had to adapt well and the ones out there that just sort of said oh i want to own a cafe you know it'll be simple and they were getting by just because they were conveniently placed in the city or wherever they were they struggled um because they didn't know how to adapt whilst keeping you know heroing their coffee so you know i think it's good to have snobs i think it crystal andrews is in the comments saying you are literally talking to wa's biggest coffee snob (laughs) 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 i mean what do you think about um big coffees so uh, uh, Tommy's Tommy's criticism of me is that I'll get a a large a strong a large a strong almond but I've even seen you just get a large almond latte yeah and I'm just like you've just got hot milk (laughs) and why LK and so what's the um, from a sizing perspective we were talking about the ounces and all that sort of thing I yeah, the, yeah. the Mac is large. <laughs> is, is obnoxious. We we tried it the other day and it was like huge. Don't say we tried it, mate. <laughs> did you not you, have one? No, I oh, got you a had small. A small. You were yeah. the only one who had the. But large. Tommy did ask for a um, a strong three quarter. Yeah, and it came as just a strong large. They didn't understand, which what I was, was happy. About. That's fine. And so, um, yeah, sizing like how much thought has gone into the different sizes that you've picked? Yeah. So 16 ounce is one of those. So 16 ounce is probably the size you had. Maybe Macca's does a bit larger. Like yeah, I know Starbucks do like it's king, king size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's big. It's <laughs> look, I don't I don't want to judge. I'm struggling now. <laughs> watching my words, um, and she's not one to argue with, as you know. Um, she'll win so it. <laughs> yeah, she'll win. Um, 
look, my mum drinks a 16 ounce and uh-huh. I try not to look, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's a lot, it's a lot of milk and you just sort of, you hope that the bristers are putting the same, like more coffee. So the mm-hmm. ratio stays the same. So that's fine. If the ratio stays the same, if it doesn't, then like, obviously maybe you don't love the flavor of coffee or maybe it's time to just try and go a little bit less milk and start. To Milkshake. Enjoy. I just think yeah, <laughs> just yeah, essentially having a gourmet dare or a gourmet <laughs> chop chill. Like, that's exactly what I think. Yeah. Um, but tr- uh, like truck drivers, I know um, love uh, 16 ounce. This is really general, but like yeah. people who drive a lot essentially or in a car lot will order a 16 ounce long black. And that I think is completely fine in the sense that, you know, they don't have the luxury of getting out or getting off yeah. um, every now and then. So they just want something that's going to last a long time and it'll stay hot because it's hot water. Long black um, and no dose. It's a tracky combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you have the that's 7-Eleven so do like their tradie special. Do they? Yeah. The, well, it's normally stuff. just like sausage roll. I don't know. Oh, do they oh, call oh. it a tradie special or have I just... <laughs> I reckon you've made that up. <laughs> I hope they they definitely push <laughs> for tradie. Yeah, yeah. Like there's definitely like... I, I wish of a time where I'm on a sort of a work site at sort of 10 a.m. with Smoko and just having a, you know. What's an easy stereotype to, to play Do they call it any trading no, specials? No, no, no. What do they call it? Um, Daily specials? No, I mean, the, no. I'm sure you're just doing a shit job at Google. I'm literally on their special offers right now. And what, now. what are they saying? Faves sweet treats okay all right no anyway. I, i've seen them caltex do some something yeah. what i love is all the service stations becoming primo uh slightly mean? off topic but like uh, i think it's caltex they had significantly less margins or um, left pro- less profits in their petrol sales and and they're going down an avenue of creating luxury like there's david jones now attached to some of these service stations in melbourne it's pretty fancy. Food? You're not like trying on flo- like no, no, country f- roads. Sorry, <laughs> David Jones. So David Jones have a food court. Yeah, sure. Space. It's yeah, it's seriously impressive. I mean, businesses can't just all be about the bottom line nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's too much social pressure. Yeah. Too much to hold hold on your conscience. I mean, Russ, how much have you developed your thinking? You know, obviously starting something that was specifically centered around paper cups to where you are now how much have you learned not just in your specific niche but in sort of the broader consumption and and relating to the environment a lot so much and i was never really um like book smart in the sense that Mm -hmm. like i never really wanted to study uh, even at school it wasn't for me but i guess this has sort of been like a, a real life sort of mba for me i've just sort of had to learn from my mistakes which i think has just been really really great um I've, I've made so many fuck-ups, but I've never made them twice. Um, sorry for swearing. Um, no, you're, but, you're um, you, you fucked up. <laughs> never, don't make that mistake again. <laughs> um, it's just, it's so, it, it, you, you just have to adapt. You have to learn, you know, shit situations happen. Um, and you can either just let them, you know, beat you up or you can work out, okay, what can I do next time to, to not let that happen again? And I, I think I think that's, I, 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 when you were talking about that, the the osho gunsberg thing mm-hmm. um i just got really like passionate and like angry about it because i just felt like the suppressive nature of that mm-hmm. really angered me in the yeah. sense that like i know firsthand how many times like i was in no position to to get into this injury industry i knew nothing about it i knew nothing about the advertising essentially either um mm. about cups but i just did it and i i'm not saying things are great right now but i came out on top in the sense that i learned so much and i i'm i'm really excited about where things are going because i made those stuff ups and i just think i encourage everyone just to do it just actually do it and then learn you know you may not go to plan but you'll you'll definitely learn something from it it may not be money you may not make huge profit from it you may make a huge loss but i guarantee you'll learn something from it and that will be like invaluable what have you learned about sales as a creative guy moving into more sort of the business realm yeah that that was probably a huge hurdle i i because Personally, I hated salesmen before this. I hated it. I, I, every aspect of it, I just thought I never want to be like that one day. But 
I um I had to be I had to had to learn to cold email, which was disgusting. I hated the idea of cold emails. I loved emailing people that had reached out to to me because I mm. felt like they were looking for a product, and I didn't feel like just a random salesman. You know, just I just felt like when they were contacting me, that was great. But for me to go out cold and for us to be sustainable and to have you know enough money to carry on and do this next month, I had to actually go out and acquire new business. And it's extreme, like, and also walking in, I occasionally had to walk into cafes without a meeting because they weren't responding to emails. And I won't even go disgusting. into a cafe to order my own coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea of an, an ask is outrageous. Yeah, yeah I, I heard, I, in that last spot, I heard about your social anxiety. It's, yeah, look, look, it's, I have very similar, very, very similar um, uh, social anxiety about that stuff. I hated it. Uh, one thing I always, um, hated was going to shopping centers when um, people used to set up a desk right in front of like say yeah. you wanted to go to Woolies or Coles <laughs> and there was like a charity there that was like mm. or, or a paintball and they would grab you like, a paintball yeah. Oh, I, I, there's times when I actually emailed like the Westfield and just be like, this is not on. I'm not. <laughs> I feel like my freedom's been breached. Like, yeah. I'm, I just wanted to go and get some bananas and eggs and now I'm not coming back. Like, well, the paintball. After, I'm now off to paintball. Yeah. Well, the pa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've Unlimited got, bullets though. Yeah, three, three bruises. And a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And so how do you, how do you get over that when, when you have to do it to be able to make an income? You you just got to do you just got to do it you just got to walk in there and 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 do it and and it sucks the first one really really sucks. Do you get um, hot? What sort the, of the telltale signs for you yeah, that you're panicking? Yeah, the the forehead sweats, the hand sweats, they start, and I mumble my words when I'm mm. not confident mm. about them. And Want to buy some cups? Sometimes I'll be like, "Excuse me, want buy some cups?" And like sometimes, one of my worst things because I always worry about what people think. Like I always worry if I'm going to offend them, so I I just don't like saying much. But my worst is like you sort of have to speak to a manager, right? You. you it sounds really wrong, but you're wasting your time with just like a front of house stuff because they haven't got, they're not going to, they're definitely not going to pass the message on. They're going to, as soon as you walk away, they're going to be distracted. You sort of need to speak to their manager. So to make the assumption that they're not their manager is <laughs> hugely offensive, right? Yeah. So the amount of times I'm caught out and say like, can I please speak to your manager? Or can I please speak to the manager? And Speaking. they're like, I'm the manager. Yeah, 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 yeah you're, you're fucked. You might as well just walk yeah. out like, never yeah. mind. I just wanted to know where the toilets were. Like, just get out because you've already made an assumption that, they, that they're not of superior like you know and that for and me and so what like are you saying now pattern. you're the manager like mm. just a, a bit of a question manager yeah, say, hey guys i'd love to talk to someone about your you know your packaging and then you okay. sort of like they either say yeah that's me or let me pass you on to you know mary she's just out for lunch or whatever you know that's better but i had to make that mistake a few times um how did you I, learn I like it, it yeah was it literally just saying their reaction when you said it yep <laughs> just just I, I i love just i'm i probably just look at someone probably maybe too intensely when i when i talk to them because i'm always trying to gauge if they're happy or sad um, i i yeah eventually i i got it pretty quickly that they like i, I shouldn't have said yeah. that or that was the wrong way of doing it um and then try again another time but how yeah, many just unfortunately yeah make how many sense. coffees did you buy just because you fucked it you're just like oh well, in that case oh, i'll just sorry. have a coffee thanks <laughs> So many. I um yeah. There was there was a time when I was doing like a sales day and I was going place to place and it's it's love. There's perks in the job that you know when you do have a meeting they say hey Russ can I make you a coffee or or you you don't to get your foot in the door they're quiet you buy a coffee and then you go to them and say hey guys just wondering where do you get your cups from that's really good but yeah like you said you drink a lot of coffee and I was driving home one time and I oh, really should, this is not probably not podcast suitable uh, we're here now um, and um, I my my house is quite far away from my parents house and I was close to my parents house uh, if you shit I yourself this is the best story <laughs> <laughs> I did. I didn't, okay. but I came close. But I literally <laughs> called my mum. I was like, "Hey Siri, like call mum." Like, hey, hey, my love, how are you? I'm like, "Mum, don't talk to me. Just unlock the doors. <laughs> like, don't, just don't ask me about my day. I'm like, I'm, this is gonna be really rude, but I need space. Like, yeah. can you just go? <laughs> I need space. I need water. I need yeah, yeah. yeah. I need a cold tarp. cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> give me plastic bags. I don't yeah, give a shit. Yeah, exactly. I need a shovel and, <laughs> and so get, get the compost. Bin yeah, exactly. <laughs> can can human shit be used in compost or no? <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that because I have no idea. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, surely not. Surely, surely, I, don't, I don't think so. It's got. It's like dog shit. You can't use dog shit in your. Okay. If we can't use okay, dogs, there you go. Uh huh. We're superior. And um, <laughs> and. Uh, 
and so on the um, uh, like going into cafes and then to uh, what do you call it? cold emails so the cold email mm-hmm. you're not having to see anyone face to face any tips I guess it's, it's a lower level but any tips yeah. to try and actually get a response uh, personalize, personalization is probably mm-hmm. key um, people can smell um, generic emails from a mile away and don't get me wrong I've made the mistake where I've copied and pasted and left the wrong person's name or oh, company in oh, the body uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> done it or just CC everyone, everyone. <laughs> just. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah that's good with CCing all of your customers and now yeah. everyone knows who, who yeah. you're working with instead of BCCing them um, <laughs> done yeah that. that's a good personalization <laughs> I always trying to know the area and saying like I've been to have a coffee I've seen you you know you're doing this coffee now or you're working with this roaster <laughs> that's great you know I love that you're doing you know this sustainable option like you're giving out coffee grounds um, to your customers doing a bit of research essentially mm-hmm. doing a bit of due diligence you know five or ten minutes before you send the email I think that always goes a long long way because they just feel like okay this person actually cares about my brand it's not like hey can I help you with your digital marketing you know these are the people we've worked with bye and then that's all you say yeah. um, you really need to get specific with what you want to do what sort of value you can add um, and then you know another thing that I had trouble with was follow up emails if they hadn't responded because sometimes I would email after they haven't responded and then I would do a follow-up email and they'd be like, oh, hey, sorry about this. Yeah, can we Mm. meet up? And everything goes smoothly from that point (laughs) on. But then part of me for a while, I never used to do that because I just thought, fuck, that's so annoying. Like yeah. if I get an email yeah. from someone and then I don't respond and they email me again, like what are you doing? Like you, you should have received that message. But at the same time, it's wor- like it's worked in the past. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? So I guess I, I try and like if I'm doing a touch base email, try and make sure that that email has value. If it means like, okay, let me talk about new products we've added. Maybe those that first initial email didn't like you know wasn't appealing to you maybe this email will be because we're now working with you know this recycling company or something like that maybe that will sort of create that sort of um conversation are you using like a crm like or some way of managing it all as of now no but i have uh i did toy around with hubspot which i thought was really great Mm -hmm. um that was everyone seems to have a crack at that like we all like ah, oh, we're going to yeah. create the pipeline we're going to do all that but it sort of falls off because there's a lot of effort that needs to like they're yeah. huge we have to invest in just spending the time in it and so where did you fall off with it i i used hubspots and i still think i do for forms that mm-hmm. it's really good for capturing information and and it's free in that sense pipelines only worked really well if you wanted to pay for it and it's quite expensive hubspot mm-hmm. um so i think hubspot is only really justifiable if you've got quite a big company and you've got the budget for that mm-hmm. um but then now it's just like a, a share like on slack we've just got an excel you know we're going to excel spreadsheet um and then just a, a box that sort of has the details where things were left off the date um and who was sort of the lead person for that and then it just sort of makes sure that we don't contact the same person twice um and we just know where things are and we just, it's, it's up to us that once we send an email that we update the shared spreadsheet um, but there are, there are other options. I think is Streak another CRM, which is quite good. I've heard. I don't know. Oh, there's so there's many. Airtable, Monday, mm. and so yeah, Monday. How many? How many people that you speak to are price sensitive, or what are some of the other things they care about? I think it always a little bit comes down to dollar and cent, dollars and cents. Um, but it's the. I feel it's really it's probably maybe too much of a generalization, but the younger audience seem to just prioritize sustainability, and then it's yeah. like a matter of okay, once we've got the most sustainable option, then we can work out how we can make things more feasible and lower the costs. Once we've got that side of thing done, because we know how important that is to people. Um, whereas uh, older generations, probably dollar cents is probably the initial conversation you have, and and it's very focused around that. Um, but I've also learned just a valuable lesson. Um, uh, we work in WA. One of the first roasters I started working with was Margarita Roasting. And they just taught me that sometimes when you've just got a joint synergy and you've got a joint ethos, like, you know, a similar ethos, sorry, um, the dollar and cents conversation sort of just goes out the window. And it's sort of like, okay, transparently, what is something that we can both do for each other that we can have a continued strong relationship? And that's awesome. That is a really, really great feeling because you don't feel guilty that you're charging too much and you know that you're giving them a product that they actually need mm. to, to, you know, continue their business and when i had that sort of feeling i was like shit like 
this is this is really cool maybe i can try and find lots of businesses like this where it's just sort of like transparent like okay guys sorry the us dollar's gone up we have to you know in order for us to keep that same margin not because we want to make more profit we're not we need to up our prices and you know you may need to translate that to your customers um that's just the way it is and just keeping things very open i think has worked really well um but in saying that you know there are suppliers out there that will scream terms like biodegradable, recyclable, compostable when they're not. And there's nothing you can do about that. They're, it's not being policed. It's not, you know what I mean? Like it's their word over yours and, and they'll land that business and they'll sell things cheaper because it's not, you're not comparing apples with apples or whatever they're saying is. And you've lost out on that business just because they weren't honest and you were. And, and you know, sometimes nice guys finish last, but I've had to learn, you know, a, a few bitter things out there, but well yeah i mean belief in your product as well if you're just Mm. it's not even a question on your mind helps with the process how much you thinking about other how much you think about other products outside of cups um well we do coffee bags as well that's another big avenue so um coffee bags essentially when you're getting uh, roasters delivering coffee to uh cafes they have to do it in kilo bags and in large quantities so that's they need to find a sustainable way of transporting um the coffee while keeping it fresh so we sort of help roasters in that sense but also um during due to covid um home brewing became extremely popular so people buying coffee from their local roasters in little 250 gram um, bags like this. Um, we do these bags um, for sample coffee. And um, yeah, we had to sort of come up with a product there that was you know, um, sustainable as well. And that's probably a, an avenue that is gonna get bigger and bigger now because um, home brewing is becoming very popular. Um, and and selling coffee retail people are now like instead of using their espresso machine they're getting like a really nice um yeah like an espresso machine or or a mocha master to do filter coffee and you know you can you can achieve really good high quality cafe um coffee at home um by using local roasters yeah it's awesome i mean what's the cost of a cup of coffee in perth at the moment like if my mum's wearing it like five fifty to six dollars because she's doing all the works on it, um, you know, you <laughs> well, know, extra hot this milk that all of that squirt like of wheat, caramel. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> cleaning fee for your bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, cleaning the toilet after the uh, <laughs> after incident. a big day of sales. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's gonna kill me. Um, so. Four fifty to five fifty, I would say, is probably the the, <laughs> the price range. Most you've paid for a coffee. Oh, I get cold brew quite a lot and I find that fascinating that it's expensive because it's very easy to make. It's <laughs> dumping coffee grounds into water and leaving it there for 24 hours and that's it. Um, and it's about $6, $6.50 sometimes, which is a bit scary. But, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm thirsty for a coffee right now, Russ. <laughs> Would you get me one, Tom? I'll go get some. Okay, thank you. I will. Uh, Russ, when are you in Melbourne next? Um, well, I was meant to be there. Mm-hmm. I was meant to be there for um, the coffee expedition in coffee expedition. Why can I not say exhibition? Exhibition. In yeah. Melbourne. No, it's wow, an, it, I like the idea of an expedition though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going on one in about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and no, so, what's that? Just like a bunch of um, coffee people. Just yeah, all all the roasters, all the like uh, coffee equipment. Um, mm-hmm. So roasters, coffee equipment, packaging, everyone coffee just sort of meets up in Melbourne and sort of discusses, you know, what's what's in the forefront of the industry. Um, and it's, it would have been my first one, which is really upsetting. Mm-hmm. So it got cancelled because of COVID. But um, They're not doing anything I, digital? I don't think so. Not the same, can't so. sip um, coffee yeah, it's true. in person. And yeah. um, I, Look, the moment the border's open, I'm, I'm there for sure. And uh, what sort of coffee do you make at home? I uh, I use a mocha master, so it's like a filter coffee. Mm-hmm. It's um it's really uh, very easy to do. Yeah, we yeah. have mocha master. Yeah. Actually, the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love great. it. I'm huge, huge fan of them. And um, so, when you get a mocha master, do you, you need to get specific grounds? So, do when I go to a a cafe and I uh, like it or a roaster, what sort of mm-hmm. grinding do they need to do, or should or do you ground? Do you get the beans and then grind it at home? I grind them at home, but if if you what do you use? Do you have like an electrical? Like, do you have one that plugs yeah. into the wall? Yeah, I've got a Breville Smart Grinder. I mm-hmm. also highly recommend that. Um, if I you need one of those bargains. That, yeah, they, they they always surface for I think like 180, but they mm-hmm. they're like a conical burr grinder. So they are like they use um, essentially the grinders. That, the quality of the grinders is very similar to the um, industrial ones. So the ones that the, that cafes use, and you get a very consistent grind. Easy to um, clean and. 
very very easy to clean um i probably like i would do it once every six months if you don't even need to oh, but if you can Sick. yeah yeah very very good i always put the amount of dosage so i weigh out say 60 grams of coffee i put it through the grinder and then once it's all passed i know you know what i mean like I, yeah. it's not like i leave coffee in there so they don't it's not too dirty yeah i feel um, like there's always hacks around how much coffee you put in the mocha master i have to every single time mm. i have to do it i need to mm. google it because i forget what is your go-to like do you i i've worked out how to make big batches but I'm not yeah. good at smaller batches, so I end up always making like a liter of coffee every single time, and then drinking it, and then drinking it, and then having a panic attack at the, <laughs> the office. But what's your um, yeah, what's your go-to in regards to ratios? I do a one to sixteen. I sort of uh-huh. recommend that, but like sometimes your roasters will tell you a different ratio based on the bean. But a one to sixteen is a pretty good um, universal ratio. And how many and grams little- of coffee is that? So, so that is one gram of coffee to 16 milliliters of water. So um, for every gram of coffee, you do 16 mils of water. So say you've got 30 grams of coffee. You just say, uh-huh. okay, Google, what's 30 times 16? And then she tells you how many mils to put in. Oh, that's a good um, idea. And that's how I do it every morning. I work out how much coffee I've got. And then I'm like screaming, okay, Google. to find So one, did there. you say one, six? So it's one to 16. Is that the ratio? Yeah, that's the ratio. Okay. So yeah. So a hundred. So a so hundred coffee. <laughs> See, I already fucked it because I was going to say a hundred mils. I need four hundred eighty mils of water. One thousand so six hundred grams. Of- <laughs> so hundred divided by sixteen. If you want, if you've got okay. hundred mils of water, you can uh-huh. divide by sixteen. But if you've yeah. got coffee first, you can times by sixteen. Oh, Depends which way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I do for a full batch of mock master do sixty grams. And how long do you keep times. it in the actual uh, the funnel bit before you click it? And do you click it open all the way, Ooh. or do you go half? You've thrown me there. I just keep it open from the get-go. I've, okay. I've never closed it. Oh. I thought the closing thing... I use the closing thing just for like when I take it away to clean it and throw it away so it doesn't drip. I close it then. No, but so it's open from the start. Really? Okay, here's something. Mm. So I think that you... I don't know. I'm not going to say this is how you are do meant it. to do it. But no, the no, way no, that... No, I'm sure, the, I'm yeah, sure so, there's multiple ways. Yeah, sure. so the way that uh, I do it is you basically have the funnel thing that the water goes into keep that yep. closed and then you need to yep. agi- do you have an agitation stick yeah Little great so stick, yeah you yep. get your wooden stick and you need to agitate it uh, mm-hmm. and then once it gets to like three quarters of the funnel you can then you open it, it up and then you get like a stronger brew um okay there you go i that learned that in munich i didn't learn that in munich no no the internet <laughs> at home um uh, thanks for yeah. coming on the show russ that was fun i really really appreciate your time thank you guys and so if people want to um so i guess cafe owners things like that but is there any way that mm. consumers do you think can get smarter on all of this sort of stuff um i think yes just doing your research and, mm-hmm. and just i guess everyone is trying to do their research but not not to get angry and 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 just sort of learn things casually and calmly is really good and, and not maybe to bite cafe and roasters faces off when when you think that it's one way and it's they're doing something another you've got to be you've got to realize that you know cafes and roasters are obviously trying to do their best um and you know everyone's learning from their mistakes and i think it's just important that everyone just starts looking to see where they can improve the industry in certain areas and if we all have that sort of mindset we're going to move in a really positive direction um so yep bring your keep cup you know keep it clean for your for your cafes um and and just yeah try and do as much research as you can about the industry um but yeah try and drop off the hate stop the hate just just move Love it. Don't get angry about your coffee. Mate, thank you, yeah, Russ. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, dude. It's a daily talk show. Sure. See you tomorrow, guys. Have a good one. See you guys.